So they started to come to the services and they started to talk to me and that's when things really began to happen. Welcome to Connections with Rich and Bobby. Hi, this is Rich, Rich Homeris. And I'm Bobby, Bobby Hamlin. We're visiting with a person who the Lord used mightily to reach a largely untouched group of people in our society that live in a sort of a city of their own. I'm referring to Chaplain Homer Tricules, who ministered to the stable hands in the back areas of the racetracks in New Jersey. And although he is now home with the Lord, we wanted you to hear about his work and how he diligently served and trusted God to lead him when he started his ministry. We met up with him at the Meadowlands Racetrack in New Jersey. I was wondering if they welcomed you with open arms when you first got here, or if it took a while for them to, um, you know, did they want changed lives or not? When I first got here, I was totally rejected. Nobody would listen to me. Nobody would attend my services. I was lucky if I'd get two or three. So I got very discouraged, and I came out from the end of one of these barns after greeting the people there, and they'd say, who are you? I said, well, I'm your chaplain. We never had a chaplain. I said, well, you've got one now, and as I was walking away, I hear them talking behind me, and I can't use their language, of course, but they'd say, who's that jerk, with a few four-letter words to modify it. In any event, I got so discouraged, I came out the end of this barn, and I prayed. I said, Lord, maybe you got the wrong man for this job, but if you want me to do it, you're going to have to show me how, because I don't know how. And uh, I just said, I give up. That's a turning point in anybody's life when we turn it over to God. A couple of days later, the answers started to come. Put a Bible in every room. Lord, they don't even have money to cover my salary. Where in the world are we going to get Bibles? 450 at Monmouth Park, 350 at Garden State, another 400 at Atlantic City, and then I stopped. I said, I'm sorry, Lord. I'll put a Bible in every room if that's what you want. But you know I can't buy them. You'll have to provide them. Two days later, my telephone rang at home. It was a total stranger, a man that I had never met, and to this day, I don't know him. My wife answered the phone, and he said, we understand your husband has left the pasture to go into a new ministry. My wife says, that's right. He hasn't gone to the dogs. He's gone to the horses. And he said to her, well, we'd like to have a share in that ministry. And she said, well, what did you have in mind? Well, I'm from the American Bible Society, and we would like to provide Bibles for your husband, as many as he needs, for as long as he needs them, free. And I'll never forget when the first shipment arrived at Monmouth Park, the biggest tractor-trailer truck in the world. They sent 450 cases of Bibles free. And that uh, driver wouldn't help me unload them. He was a union man. And no race tracker would touch him. So when I think about unloading them and stacking them, my shoulders still hurt. Well, I had brochures printed, and I put one in every Bible. And that's when things began to change. My word will not return unto me void. It will accomplish my purposes. So they started to come to the services, and they started to talk to me. And that's when things really began to happen. When you hear about stable hands and uh, you hear about the uh, horse track industry, it seems like there uh, is a nomadic flavor to it, where they're uh, moving from one racetrack to the next racetrack. Do you find that you're... Uh, constituency, your congregation is changing rapidly, or is it kind of uh, each track, racetrack, has their own uh, stable hands? The stable hands work for trainers, and wherever the trainer goes with his horses, that's where they go. 
And in New Jersey, there's a year-round circuit. So I'd say more than half of them stay in New Jersey. We're at the Meadowlands now until December. Then we'll be at Garden State Park until April. Then we'll be at Monmouth Park until we come back here in the fall. So it's a circuit in New Jersey, and more than half stay in the state. Many leave the state, and others will come in from out of the state. So I'd say the people that come to my services, I'd say two-thirds of them would be the same. So uh, to follow up on that, you become nomadic with them and uh, travel to the uh, different racetracks. Absolutely right. I travel. I used to stay at the track all week and go home weekends. But when my daughters got old enough to go to college and my wife was home alone, I started to commute. So I still commute back and forth. You're one of the uh, modern-day circuit riders then. <laughs> I guess you can say that. You were showing us some pictures on the wall, and you were telling us about a, a jockey that uh, is very involved in ministry. Uh, why don't you share with our listeners about some of the, uh, the testimony and some of the fruits that you've seen as the Lord gives us samplings from time to time? I would need five or six hours to tell you everything I'd like for you to know, and I'm not fooling. I'm not fooling. Uh, I can just tell you about that picture you saw before Pat Day. He's born again. He's as genuine a Christian as he can be. He's a jockey. He's the third jockey in the nation to ever win 5,000 races. And he was congratulated for that. I called him and congratulated him. Every time he comes into the winner's circle, he raises his stick and he says, thank you, Jesus, in front of the whole crowd. And we have so much to thank Jesus for in everything we do as we're told in Colossians 3, verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And we'll continue sharing our talk with Homer Tricules and his horse track chaplaincy in just a moment, so stay with us. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to connect with you. Just go to our website at Connections with Rich and Bobby, now that's all one word, and Bobby is spelled with an I, dot com. That's Connections with Rich and Bobby, dot com. And there, all of our podcasts are posted, along with all of our contact information. Also, you can connect with us on social media by friending us on Facebook, post on Instagram, tweet us on Twitter, or listen to our program on Pandora. Now let's return to our visit with Chaplain Homer Tricules as he continues sharing how the Lord used his ministry to reach the stable hands working and living at the horse tracks. So far as the grooms and, and people in the stable area that live there, it would be hard to tell you any of them without wanting to tell you all of them. Let me tell you about one guy named Charlie. I can't tell you his last name, of course. When I first was giving out Bibles, he threw it back at me. He said, I want nothing to do with you, your God, your Jesus, or your Bible. Leave me alone. So, of course, you have to honor his wishes. My daughters were living at home that time, and they would come to the racetrack to sing for me at my services. And they were very pretty girls. They played their guitars, and they would sing. Our services at that time were being held in a former blacksmith shop. And we'd open the big garage door so people would see what was going on. Well... Charlie was walking by one night. He saw my daughter singing. He came to church because they're pretty girls. They're as beautiful as their mother. I don't care why they come. Just let them come. Well, he kept coming because they kept coming. And we were having Bible studies um, outside on the ground on Wednesday afternoons at that time. Charlie would come because my daughters were there. 
And one day he said after the Bible study, they were in the afternoon, he said, can I talk to you? I said, sure. So we went over on the side and sat on the ground. He said, I have felt peculiar ever since we started. So I said, well, that's the Holy Spirit. He says, what do you mean? And I used Revelation 3.20 and explained to him that Jesus was knocking at the door to his heart and how he could open the door and invite Jesus to come in by praying. But I'm not a high-pressure salesman, so I told him, you don't have to do this now. You can think about it. Oh, but I want to. So we bowed our heads. We prayed. He received Christ as his Savior. When I looked up, his face was covered with tears. He was grinning like a Cheshire cat. And he runs over to my daughters and says, I just took Jesus. And I was thrilled. But I've learned that sometimes people go through the motions just to impress you. And it might not be real. So I step back and watch. Well, I watched. Monmouth Park came to an end, and we moved down to Atlantic City Racetrack. After a couple of months there, Charlie's boss came to me. He said, I've got to talk to you. He's one of the leading trainers. I said, what? I've got to talk to you about Charlie. What happened? Well, nothing happened. I want to know what you did to him. I didn't do anything to him. What are you talking about? He said, well, for one thing, I was going to fire him because he was a lazy worker, but he's become my best, so I'm going to keep him. And inside myself, I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> I said, well, that's wonderful. He says, I got better news. I said, what was that? Well, Charlie had the filthiest mouth in the world. Now he doesn't cuss anymore. I said, well, that's terrific. That's great news. I got something even better than that. What could be better than that? Charlie doesn't smell anymore. Now, I never told Charlie to give an honest day's work for his pay. And I never told Charlie to take a shower or clean up his foul language. Jesus did. So I knew it was real. He was really converted. He's still living for Christ. So praise the Lord. Now I could tell you dozens of stories like that. Want another one? Sure. I came to the end of a barn down at Garden State Park one day. And the little room that the guy was living in, the door was open. He was sitting on his bunk looking very dejected. His head was bowed. His hands were between his knees. So I knocked and asked if I could come in. He said, yes. I said, can I sit next to you? He said, yes. So I sat down next to him on the bunk, and there I see he's got between his knees a pistol. He's ready to take his life. So we talked a long time. He was very depressed. He finally gave me the gun. And in due time, as we became good friends, he made a serious commitment to Christ. Well, the reason why he was so depressed is that everybody rejected him, including his own family that threw him out because he was gay. And at that time, that wasn't anywhere near as acceptable as it is today in most places. So in any event, one day I was on the telephone in my office and he comes running in. I've got to talk to you. He had his Bible in his hand. I said, well, wait a minute. I'm on the phone long distance. Hang up, hang up. So I hung up. What's so important that you couldn't uh, wait? Well, I just led my first person to receive Christ as Savior. I said, well, that's wonderful, but you could have told me that when I hung up. He said, oh, I got even better news. I said, well, what's that? For the first time in my life, I have no desire for men. I started to cry. And he could see, you know, that I was very touched. So I guess he wanted to lighten things up a little. He said, I just have one question. I said, what's that? When do I start looking at the girls? <laughs> yeah, and that's only two stories. I could tell you stories like that all day. Every time we have a service, there are commitments. We've had as many as... The highest number of commitments I've had in any one service was at a Christmas service when we were giving out the 4,000 Christmas presents that the churches in the state sent for me to give to the stable hands. I preached about a five-minute message. We sang some Christmas carols. I gave a brief invitation. The room was jammed because everybody came for presents. We had 37 commitments that day in one day. 
in a five-minute message. Is God trying to tell me to shorten up? <laughs> but every week we have commitments. This past Monday night we had seven. Previous Monday night we had 11. Every week there are commitments to Christ, plus those that I talk with over a cup of coffee or wherever. People are coming to know Christ and their lives are being changed. And I think that's the key right there is, as you were saying, that you know that it's real when you see the changed lives, you see the fruit, you see the change. And it's not that you're changing them, it's not that they're trying to change or they want to change, it's that when the Lord comes in, then He changes them. Absolutely. Oh, how we thank the Lord for using such a dedicated and faithful servant like Chaplain Homer Trickles. And even though he is now home with the Lord, we wanted to share his story as a reflection of those who have gone on before us, heeding their own Macedonian call to go and help those in need. And in his case, the stable hands at the racetracks to hear about Jesus. Yes, and the wonderful news is, the work that Chaplain Tricolese was involved with continues through the Racetrack Chaplaincy of America. The chaplains are commissioned all over the country who are dedicated to sharing the love of Christ by ministering to the needs of everyone involved in the horse racing industry. You're listening to Connections with Rich and Bobby, and we'd love to have you subscribe to our podcast on this platform or any of the others like iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Also, if you've missed a program or you'd like to hear this current one again or you'd like to invite others to listen, just go to our website at connectionswithrichandbobby.com. Also, all of our contact information is there. Then, if you have a smart speaker, you can also listen to us there by simply saying, Alexa, Siri, or Hey Google, play the podcast Connections with Rich and Bobby. Also, you can listen to our program on Pandora. And then finally, you can connect with us on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So many options. So do take a moment to come find us and meet some more of your brothers and sisters in the Lord who have so much to share. And let us know about you. And we'd love to hear what you think of our programs. This is Connections, connecting with one another as Romans 1 verse 12 says, that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So thank you for listening, and remember, tell others, and spread the word, God's word. And don't forget to join us next time on Connections with Rich and Bobby. Bobby.